Can I just say, I am over this hot weather. I am so ready for fall to get here now. I guess I'm funny. <laughs> I'm over um, five foot uh, floor stairs. <sighs> I don't doubt that at all. When you sent me that snap of you going up all those flights, especially with the ladder in your hand, dude, I was feeling it for you. That was well, horrible. The snap, I don't know if anyone knows how long snaps go for, but it ended before I even got right when I got to the top. Yeah. So that's how long it took me to go up those stairs. Yeah. And I think I averaged around um my highest was 16,000 steps. Mm. In one day. That's not bad at all. How many steps did I tell you that I had? I think I had like 12 or 13,000 steps on that day as well. Oh, okay, yeah, you're cleaning out uh your grandma's house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which that was fun, found some very interesting things. So uh, apparently um, I only saw pictures from back in the day, but my grandpa actually had a, a pair of swimming trunks from the 70s, and I kid you not, they go right up there. Like, it's not even funny. Like, I was looking at him, I was like, Judas Priest, it's a good thing we don't live in the 70s anymore. Did you try them on? Uh I might have brought him home, washed him, and tried him on. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> and they actually fit fairly uncomfortably well, unfortunately. <laughs> well, from what I've seen on one of your Halloween costumes, I'm assuming this looked better. Uh, well, I'll send you a picture. It's, God damn it's, it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's iffy at best. I don't know. I might show up at the pool wearing it. I haven't decided yet. Okay. I don't know if I want to open that picture, though. It ain't bad. It ain't bad. <laughs> I had Whitney uh, take a picture of it uh, from the front side and the back side. And looking at the picture, it doesn't look too bad, but it was definitely a tight squeeze. I will tell you that. Interesting. Right. But there was some interesting stuff that I found. So we found uh, some really good furniture. So a nice hickory, uh, nice hickory chest, some nice dressers and everything. I found my grandpa's old fly fishing reel. So I'm going to uh, look at that and see if I can get that going. I found his old bow. Um, yeah, there, there was quite a few things. I've, I found a knife that I'm planning on giving to you. It's one of those decorative knives. Um and uh, when I was talking to you on the phone, that little heater thing that you put in the cup to warm up the, the water formula and stuff like that, brand new, still in the package. So I'm going to put that as a display piece. I'm never going to use that because that burns down houses. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was definitely interesting. I'm glad we got half the house cleaned out, the bad parts anyway, got the carpet ripped out. So we're just waiting for the contractor to come by to give an estimate so we can get the, get the restoration go going. So nice. Yeah. Well, work was okay for you. You weren't in Bear Lake this week, so I assume it was probably a little bit better. Mm, it depends cuz I would take Bear Lake right now over those stairs, so Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um different than what I've been doing, so it's 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 not hard work. It's just if the, where we were doing it at was easier, it would be nice, but yeah. I think I have one more week there to try to get everything done. Okay. So hopefully one more week of stairs and then wait for a minute and then go back and trim it out probably. Yeah. Well, that's not bad then. All right, you ready to get this party started? Yeah. 
This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to... Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode of the BRP Podcast, we are going to be talking to Brandon Marsh. Now, before we get to that particular topic, we do have an update for you. We do have our merch store, so we definitely recommend you check it out. Any merch that you guys buy from us definitely helps us out to buy equipment, go on investigations, update our podcasting equipment, and plus the merch that is on the website is actually not that bad. What we need to do, David, is we need to take pictures of the merch that we've personally bought and put them up on the group page, so that way everybody can see what kind of merch that it it comes out after when you buy it and everything. Maybe mm-hmm. that will uh, get some people to start buying some merch. What do you think? Yeah, I'll find my tank top that doesn't fit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It shrunk, huh? <laughs> I gave it to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty nice, though. I mean, the tank top I wore it on Saturday, and it was it was very comfortable, especially in ninety-five plus degree weather outside. Yeah, yeah, it's triple digits almost every day. It seems like about damn near. But it's not like that one year though, when we were having those hellacious fires and we were like being incubated alive by all the smoke. It got to like what one hundred five, one ten. I yeah, I mean, we still have uh, some fires going on here and there, but I don't think they're as bad as it was last season. Yeah. But they're still, you know, it's still the same fire season versus, you know, with the drought and all that. So mm-hmm. it makes it seem 10 times worse. Yeah. And which is surprising. There's been some storms that have been happening, but there hasn't really been much rain dropping. It's just mainly just thunder and lightning. But then I was reading that, I guess, uh, St. Louis was under a flood watch in Kentucky. A few of the towns over there flooded because of all the hellacious rains that they were getting over there. Um, St. George, I think last week, uh, had more rain than it's ever really gotten. Mm -hmm. And it kind of had a flood warning going on down there. I think it was like a 40 day or 40 week something like that where it hasn't gotten like that much rain for a oh, minute yeah and then vegas got hit hard there was water coming into the casinos i heard about that 
So yeah, just down south got a lot of rain for some reason, but well, and the, not, and the bad thing north. is about those guys down south, the 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 ground there just cannot retain that water. No, you know? it just makes it a mud mudslide. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish that rain kind of happened up here, you know, but yeah. Um, I just wanted to briefly talk about uh, two things. Uh, one is one of the things you were sending me uh, the other day uh, about uh, what's like a, a client or something. You sent me like a video and, and like this a brief story of this light that's flickering. Yeah. So uh, this is a old client of mine. She used to live out in this house on the main highway going out, going towards Sardine. Uh, that house was bad. That ba- that house was just very bad f- to the beginning. You know, there was a ba- there was a knife that had an attachment on, it, and there were some other nefarious things that were inside of that home. Since then, she's moved to a uh, condo um, in North Logan, and she hit me up the other day because she's been having some poltergeist activity, and she was thinking that it was tied to a certain object. Um, one of the things that she talked about was one of the lights, uh, was flickering and which I did send you that video, David. And I also sent him screenshots of some of the things that were going on and everything prior to me taking this item out of the house. She did have the maintenance guy, not an actual electrician, a maintenance guy come in and replace the switch because the switch actually controls two lights on the upstairs. Um, and then if I remember, she said something that they did look at the, that particular, um, light. I think they, they restripped the wires and plugged it back in or whatever. But, uh, outside of that, that's, that was the only thing that they did. And since then, since I took that doll out of the house, it was a Raggedy Ann doll. Um, the only thing that's happened is the light flickered once and that's a... And that's right. why I wanted to kind of get your two cents because you are the uh, electrician by trade in the group. And so I figured if there was anything that could be explainable, might possibly, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a good... When I saw it, there was like at least four things that popped into my mind of why it could have done that. Um, but it's one of those things that it's really hard to determine it, even off a of video, um, without like inspecting you know the actual wiring how good the wiring is um mm-hmm. if the if they used wire nuts to attach it if they were twisted tight and if they did redo it and re you know set it up if you know at some point the old wiring that's like kind of going into the box is pinched at any point yeah and it just kind of settled at some point and then it just made a flickering because it was not getting the proper connection mm-hmm and the same can be said with the neutral. If the neutral is not uh, connected properly as well, you'll get flickering. Mm-hmm. Um, if the light bulb isn't even the right type of light bulb connected to it, because sometimes if it's depending on how old it is, if you put a new LED uh, light bulb mm-hmm. in an older fixture, yeah. it'll cause the LED to flicker because it's not getting the proper uh, voltage or wattage or amperage that it needs to use an LED properly. You know, and the funny thing is that you say that when I was standing in her bedroom and talking with her and I looked inside of her, uh, she's got a uh, bathroom inside of the master bedroom, that LED light that they installed in there was slightly flickering. And I could see it out of the corner of my eye, but if I directly look at it, I wasn't able to see it, but out of the corner of my eye, I could see it slightly flickering. So I definitely can see where you're coming from with that. But on the flip side, if it's only happened the one time... 
and it hasn't happened again since and it was just that one time after you took stuff out it could have been any residual energy that was leaving the house and that potentially caused that particular light to flicker we'll, we'll do devil's advocate on it and look at both sides of it but for me not having any like ties to the case or anything and just looking at it from a electrician's uh, perspective um, I feel like it's more like actual explainable reasons why it did that yeah but you know i i don't know the history or any of the story like that without me being there to mm-hmm. do a full-on examination so but that's mm-hmm. that's my two cents yeah on yeah that. and i did tell her to keep an eye on everything for the next couple of weeks and just report to me if anything else happens after when i've taken that item out of the house and if nothing really else happens and it's definitely that item and to be honest with you that item didn't really feel too bad compared to the other items that i have collected in my storage unit right you know so i mean this one could have been an okay thing to keep in the house and and cleanse it but basically she just wanted it out of the house and i was like all right well i'll take it to my storage unit it can hang out with all the all the other nefarious things in there yeah another one for the collection i guess Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that was that. And then the second thing is uh, this coming up week, uh, we are doing a, a cleansing. Yeah, your friend finally reached out to me and I had a nice long talk with him via text and phone call on what was going on and everything. And I'm honestly pretty excited to do this cleansing. Kind of got the jitters because it's, it's been a hot minute, but I'm clamoring to get a cleansing done at the same time. So we'll guess we'll see what happens but i know you're going to be there and then diana's going to be there as well um i still got to send you the information where we're going to be me- did i already send you it yeah it's in okay. what would you say cliff cliff cl- cl- yeah start it was with some parking cliff and clinton clinton yeah sorry yeah. I-, I wanted to say clifton but i was like no it's idaho yeah <laughs> um yeah well it's also going to be slightly potentially new for us because uh just the way things are it's not something where we don't really know specifically what it is yet yeah it sounds the the way everything's going together it's just kind of doesn't make sense on what it is Mm -hmm. very much so i mean this one's going to be a unique case because i've never experienced a attachment on someone that also had poltergeist tendencies and some other nefarious things like uh sleep paralysis and everything like that so i'm definitely going to be studying this one we're going to take our time with him and make sure that he's taken care of and i really want to kind of experience exactly what he's been experiencing so that way i can get a better understanding so in the future if someone else you know comes to me and says i you know i need a cleansing this stuff has been going on it's been following me and everything then we'll know what to do but this is going to be the first official case where this attachment tends to just leave and do poltergeist activity so yeah and it's been with him for like 17 years yeah and you know it's just something that's been constantly uh you know harassing him and making his life miserable and Mm -hmm. it does take a long time for spirit attachments to finally start uh getting enough energy to start actually doing stuff to you so I think it is to the point now with, with him that uh, it's gotten strong enough that it's going to start doing what it wants to do. And that's why it's gotten as bad for him as it has. Yeah. Because it's, it's finally ramping up. But the funny thing is, so he's he's contacted me, uh, like, because I mean, I work with him, but like, we were talking about that he needed uh, help. Well, it wasn't even that. Initially, uh, I talked to um, some friends of mine 
that one of my friends is also a co-worker anyways his girlfriend was talking that there she is like a kind of like a practicing witch right mm-hmm. speaking of witches that we were talking about right on our last episode but um she was supposed to meet up with him and try to do something to help him and i was like well why why would he ask you he knows what i do you know so I was like, that's weird. And she she didn't even know I did that. She's like, oh, you do paranormal stuff? She's like, tell me everything. And I was like, oh, listen to my podcast because I don't have 10 hours. Right. But um, <laughs> um, but then I contacted him the other day and I was like, hey, um, you know what? I do this, right? Why, why didn't you tell me that this is going on? You know, and and we were talking about it. And I said, well, just keep me in mind if you need help, man. And then mm-hmm. we went up to Island Park and then he messages me and says, hey, I, I need your help. And I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm out of town right now. Um, I'll get back with you when we get back. But then we get back, but then I go up to Bear Lake immediately. And I was like, shit, well, I can't do nothing now. I'm in Bear Lake. So I gave him your number. I was like, hey, here, here's my buddy's number. Call him. Um, you didn't receive anything. I get back home. And then I immediately go back up to Bear Lake again. Mm-hmm. And then I come back home again for another week. So this is like four weeks now have passed. And then finally I saw him one day and I was like, hey, how come you never uh, called called my guy? And he's like, what do you mean? You never gave me his number. And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I whipped out my phone really quick, showed him the text. And he whipped out his phone real quick, showed the text. And he lined it up and he, he reread it. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. For some reason, I, I thought it was something like something in his head messed it up to where he didn't think I gave him your number. Mm-hmm. And then I had to tell him, I was like, hey, man. It's because the spirit, this entity, knows what's going to happen. So it's doing everything in its power to keep you from contacting us. Yeah. But its problem is I work with you and it was really happy that I was gone this whole time. And so it just it was just working out that way. But I was like, no, 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 this is this isn't on you. This is the spirit not wanting us to do it. Yeah. So then finally, he said right after that conversation, he's like, All right, I'm going to call him tonight. And then you got the phone call and started setting it all up so yeah we'll we'll see how this goes it's definitely gonna be interesting yeah yeah because attachments when they don't want to leave them they make it so that way the person will never be able to get the help that they need and i'm glad that he was able to to find the strength to be able to do that but uh funny thing so he actually texted me i think it was yesterday or friday and he's like ever since i talked to you I haven't had anything happen. It's been oddly quiet. And I'm like, yeah, that, that tends to happen. Yep, that's classic. Mm-hmm. If I had a nickel for every time we went to an investigation or something, they're like, oh, it's been quiet today, oddly. Mm-hmm. It's every time. Yeah, exactly. he, he also called me uh, the other day, too, about it and stuff. And he's like, so what? what's going to happen? So I kind of had to walk him through like the steps and everything. And then after the end of it, he's like, so how much do I owe you? And I was like, ah, it's free, bro. Mm-hmm. We don't. We never charged anybody for this, and he was like, "No, nah, you know, every classic person gives you the runaround of like, I, I owe you something, right?" Yeah. But he, it's his situation is funny because usually we ask people to like just support us, right? Yeah. But he doesn't own like any social media, like Facebook, Snapchat. He doesn't do any of that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, we can't. I was like, well, if you really, really, really want to support us, I mean, just go onto our merch and you know buy some of our merch because then at least you still get something out of it too you know yeah of like a, a jacket or something and then it supports us that way you know mm-hmm. 
if he wants like but it's still free either way so it at least gives him a peace of mind that he can do something to support us if he wants to but yeah then that was the end of that phone call yeah and i did want to mention so remember how i told you that i had that attachment for 30 years before uh, diana pulled it out of me yeah. I'm actually surprised that my attachment didn't evolve into, you know, any type of poltergeist activity. But this is this is the weird thing about this uh, this field. Just because you've had an attachment for 30 years isn't going to be the same attachment someone that's had it for 17 years. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I'm like uber curious on what he has so I can study it and, and figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting for sure, but... Yeah. Well, that's that's gonna be coming up soon. So we're gonna we're gonna see. And hopefully, um, it's gonna be interesting because I hear it's supposed to rain when on the day we do it. Hmm. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll definitely see how that goes. Because he, technically speaking, he doesn't have a permanent residence, and he's actually living with someone else, and they're not experiencing anything. So that's why I elected to do it in a park you know what i mean because that's going to be the safer option just in case yeah neutral neutral space yep all right any more updates david uh no that was it hey everybody the sponsor of today's episode is anchor the platform that we use at the brb podcast for our podcast anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing so anchor provides all that for free you can upload you can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be they give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast and they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor the link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. All right. So the guest for today's show, his name is Brandon Marsh. He is the founder of Para Unity Podcast. And I was actually a guest on his show, I would say probably two years ago or so. I'll have to dig around and see if I can find that episode and post it up for you guys. But I would like to introduce to all of our fans and followers, Brandon Marsh. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Shane. Thanks for having me on the show. 
Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for accepting my invite, and I'm glad we were able to get everything squared away so that way we can record with you. Yeah, for sure. The, the cycle's always turning, right? Oh, <laughs> I think yeah. you're right, though. It has been a while since you've been on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what season I was on, but it's been a hot minute, and I know I downloaded it and I saved it on my computer, so I might have to go back and find the link, and so that way I could share it to all of our fans and followers so they can give you a listen as well. I want to say it was season two or season three. Yeah, sounds about remember. right. I don't remember for sure. Time flies so fast anymore. Yeah, because a couple years ago, I was I was basically live streaming your uh, your podcast episodes while I was driving through BFE of Nevada, trying to get over <laughs> to Reno, and and uh, I think I got through like eight or ten episodes round trip anyway. So <laughs> there's a few more now. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so, Brandon, here's the here's the burning question that I think everybody always wants to ask: What got you in the paranormal? Oh, geez, this is a question that always makes me so nervous. Um, so basically, um, I've I've mentioned it on the show a few times, but the what always started for me was. We had this house, and I grew up in the you know middle of middle of the road, you know, not not rich and glamorous, not you know living in a cardboard box on the side of the road, mm-hmm. but um, very very mid level, nothing fancy house that yeah. something was always weird about it. I mean, um, we had this huge industrial vent. I don't know why we had it, but we did. It was in the bathroom. It was right above the tub. Mm. And it, you know you know what I'm talking about, those big, the big vents with the huge metal uh, flaps on them? Yep. They, whoever built the house put that in above the tub. And, like, literally you would, like, take a bath as a kid, freaked out that something was watching you through there. Mm-hmm. And we'd be outside playing out in the backyard, and you would see, like, the curtains moving a little bit while we were outside. And you'd be like, oh, it's just mom or dad in the house cleaning or doing something. And then you know, the one that really stood out to me was we were out doing our Star Wars game, you know, because I'm old like that. <laughs> and um, we're like, oh, dad's in the room. Not a big deal because we know mom was at work. And we saw the curtain moving and we're like, oh, OK. And then he came around the house asking us a question as they were moving still. And it's like, uh, what's what's going on in our bedroom? But, you know, you're young enough, you don't think about it, you just keep going. Um, But we had the shadow person that appeared the one night and scared the ever-living snot out of both my brother and I because we shared our room. And, I mean, this thing was taller than the doorway. I'm not sure how it got in because it never ducked. Um, But it came in through the doorway. It was huge, as wide as the doorway, just filled it up, and it was pitch black. I mean... You're in a dark room as is, but to see something that black come in and Mm -hmm. cover up any kind of light that there was, was intense. I I couldn't scream. I couldn't make a sound. I looked over for my brother for him to help me because he's four years older than I am. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't do anything. He saw it too. He literally looked like he was about to die in the bed. And so that made it even worse. And I slept for years with the blankets over my head because I just, I couldn't handle it because, mm-hmm. because it would come back. I, it was not always the same time and it wasn't always every night, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but it would come back. It wouldn't do anything. It would just kind of come into the room. Sometimes it would kind of lift its arm a little bit, like towards us. Other times it would just be in there with its arms at its side and just be there. And I don't know how long it stayed because I had that blanket over my head immediately and I was screaming in my pillow for it to go away. Mm-hmm. That's what got me started. This We're talking this is back mid mid early 80s okay um so of course you know what probably didn't help that is feed that was at the time you know we'd watch like tales from the crypt or we'd sneak out of bed at night to watch like dracula or werewolf Mm. or you know the good old black and white horror movies Mm -hmm. and um so we'd watch those so i'm sure that didn't help Um, yeah we ended up moving out of that house. We didn't have anything else going on after that until I got older. I got the opportunity to investigate for the first time with a team that's actually affiliated with the, the original TAPS team. Mm-hmm. It was called, um, it was, so it was a subsidiary of a subsidiary of TAPS, I guess. So they mm-hmm. had regional teams for like the different states. So we had here. We had IPAR, which was the Iowa Paranormal Advanced Research Team, and then we were a group within that group that handled like the Cedar Rapids area. Mm-hmm. I had some friends on that team, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you come check this out? This might be something up your alley." Because I had always liked reading about it. Um, my brother and I got a chance to meet Lloyd Arbach years ago, and got one of his books and that really kind of triggered the fascination Mm. and so it's like yeah for sure i'll go with you guys very first house we go to is down in oskaloosa iowa where the kids were having issues um sleeping at night because they were hearing voices open Mm. up the door to their closet and all the meters that we had the k2s everything like that were going crazy in there and we're hearing what sounds almost like whispers like very very faint um, dig through the closet trying to figure out what's making the noise thinking you know maybe they're messing with us like there's a sound box or something and all we can find is a box of these old antique dolls that used to belong to their grandmother hmm. and as soon as we picked them up the meters went crazy and I was like what the hell am I doing here with haunted talking dolls <laughs> right <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what to do with these things. Like, I wouldn't touch them. I was like, why am I here? I am four and a half hours away from home. I can't get away because I didn't drive. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. And so we ended up taking the dolls, um, properly disposing of them, and they never had another problem again. And after that, I couldn't stop. So I've been do- in the field now for... 14 15 years something Mm -hmm. like that okay and doing a little bit of everything i've started teams i've been on teams everything from the grunt nobody that picks up all the cables at the end of the investigations to um, being a co-founder i had i used to teach um the theory behind paranormal investigations for people that are interested in joining the team joining into the field mm-hmm. so they got a basis um so they kind of it's almost like a think of it like baseball it was like a farm system for the major leagues kind of okay i would teach them the basics we i had um, places that we could go that were known to be haunted that i would take them in so they could do theory as well as practical 
Mm-hmm. So they learned how, and then they'd go off and join teams or start their own teams so that way we could kind of continue the field and get okay. fresh people into it. Hmm. So, yeah. And then, obviously, I've been an ordained minister now since 2000 and do uh, Christian Christian uh, clearings on houses. I also do Wiccan cleansings. Oh, so, okay. A little bit of everything. And then, of course, the podcast, which yeah. is going into its fifth season here in about a month or so. Nice. Well, congratulations on the fifth season. Yeah. It's amazing people still listen. Right? <laughs> you know, and that thought has crossed my mind a time or two, because we're like three quarters of the way through our second season, and we've had to do uh, some major revamping from the first season to the second season. Uh, with that, you know, I got more comfortable with the programs that we were using, the editing, because um, when I first started, when David and I first started doing the podcast, it would take me approximately three days to edit one episode. But we were also using uh, subpar equipment back then. And then once I upgraded my microphone, David upgraded his microphone, we decided to go through the program that we used to record it and everything. Um, my time to actually edit an episode went from three days to one night, like two or three hours, when it would yep. take me approximately six to eight hours to edit one episode. So I definitely I feel you on that one. But I oh, did yeah. have a follow-up question. Um, now, I don't know, uh, to give a, a brief uh, explanation, so whenever I deal with haunted objects... If the client wants me to take it out of the house and want me to have it, then I usually take it to an off-site storage unit clear across town in where I live. And uh, I tend to keep them so that way I can investigate them, put them on display, t- and try to understand them and everything. And I tend to do the same thing when I go into a thrift store. So over here in Utah and Idaho, the Deseret Industries is a big uh, thrift store here. Uh, then there's also somebody's attic and goodwill is not really a prominent figure in this area so whenever <laughs> i go into a uh, thrift store and i find a haunted item i tend to buy that item so that way it doesn't land into the wrong hands when you guys were dealing with that one particular case when you got your feet wet with the whole paranormal investigation what did you guys ended up doing with those haunted items so i didn't dig into it very closely um Mm -hmm. it's so i'm not for sure i know some of them found a home with one of the investigators because she's obsessed with them okay and and matter of fact i think she still has them i haven't talked to her in quite a few years but um last i knew she still had them in her house like she Mm -hmm. had like a like a curio cabinet that she keeps them in um as for the other ones, I don't 100% know. I think they took them somewhere or to someone that um, found a way to release whatever was in them and have it move on and then destroyed the dolls. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I said, my first night, I was so completely overwhelmed by the fact that this is how this was starting. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is this is stuff you see on TV. This isn't stuff that you really see, which I, you know, learned over the years now. This is exactly what you see when mm-hmm. you go to the right places. Exactly. 
Um, when it comes to the cleansings, now, uh, you did mention that you are a ordained minister, which I congratulate you on. I'm glad that uh, you follow the faith of God and you uh, use God and Jesus Christ as the backbone when you do your cleansings. Uh, you did mention that you do Wiccan-type cleansings as well. Can you explain exactly what you do with that? So, I've... Um, yeah, so I actually went through and actually took college theology courses and made sure that I followed the right paths mm -hmm. to fully become ordained. It's not one of those, you go pay 20 bucks online and they send you a certificate Yeah, from Universal Life Ministries or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, I was super happy to get it. And ironically enough, the reason why I got it was this, this friends of mine wanted to get married and the church wouldn't marry them in the church because they were two very different faiths. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> right. And that's what got me started into it. And I mean, I come from a very rich religious background, so I grew up very Catholic. Um, I went to Catholic school, received all my sacraments in um, Catholicism, in Lutheran, in... Mm -hmm. um, a few different religions. I've also studied into a lot of different religions as well. Mm -hmm. um, everything from, you know, people that are worshiping Allah to the Baha'i faith to, I mean, just everything. Because it's just, religion is so fascinating. Yeah. Because it's just like the paranormal. Mm -hmm. Everything comes on uh, the basis of belief, not necessarily full hard proof. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what draws me into it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so the way I usually handle it, what I've found works the best is um, I go in to start with my sage, um, with my salt. I have a special salt that I use. I mean, I don't, it's not like running over to Hy-Vee and grabbing a, a container of iodized salt off the counter. Mm -hmm. um, I usually get Himalayan, pink Himalayan salt. I mm -hmm. do a special um, request to the spirits of the earth to empower my salt to be able to use it for what I need it to. Um, then I pick a room in the house, usually in the basement mm -hmm. or the lowest level, and I cast a circle with my candles, with my salt, um, request that the, the spirits and the gods come to us to help us remove this problem in the house. Mm -hmm. um, and we go through with the sage, and we we do a, a, a we'll just call it a blessing in each room um, to rid it out of the room. And I work I work my way around the room, uh, around the floor that I'm on counterclockwise or clockwise, excuse me. Um, then we move up to usually usually if it's in the basement we start in the basement go up to the top floor and do that in every room and work our way down to the main floor pushing it to either the front door or the back door okay um as well as as we're going through any mirrors that we come across in the house i do a blessing on the mirror so mm -hmm. only pure only pure sights can be seen through the mirror mm -hmm. um once we get through that then we get into the real dirty stuff i pull out the rosaries i pull out the bible Mm -hmm. and the holy water and mm -hmm. we start over entirely from scratch i mean obviously we, we we break the circle and end the and end the ritual but then we go into into the the christian side of it and um we say a prayer holding hands request that god and jesus and the angels come with us mm -hmm. and help us rid 
whatever is troubling in the house out of it. And we call upon the blood of Christ to clear the room that we're in and to uh, save the family in the house. And we do that in every single room of the house. Okay. We're so, our way through. Okay. So uh, why? what's the reasoning for going clockwise instead of counterclockwise? There's a belief with the Wiccan tradition that following clockwise around um, follows the actual cycle of the of nature of the seasons mm-hmm. by going clock counterclockwise it's goes against the natural belief mm-hmm. so you want to always be in flow with nature with the mm-hmm. spirits and keep everything happy i guess would be the easiest way to put it okay because i know when we do cleansings because we don't really go into the re- religious side of it unless it's absolute unless it's the last thing that we absolutely have to do and that's usually a pretty bad uh attachment or possibly a possession but usually we do um in a, a organic style type cleansing so we use uh, herbs and rem- remedies that the Native Americans would have used, you know, the Hindu religion would have used, anybody that didn't really define an actual religion but uses uh, Mother Earth as the provider of uh, the power of these uh, herbs and everything like that. Sure. So, I mean, we use, like, OSHA root for pr- uh, very nefarious uh, entities. We usually use Palo Santo wood. We have, like, a uh, type of anointing oil, which usually has a bunch of different... Uh, spices and herbs and oils that uh repel negative or malicious or demonic entities and stuff like that and usually when we do cleansings we go in a counterclockwise motion because we we are reverting the house back to its normal state prior to what was going on inside of that house so that's why i was kind of wondering why you guys want a clockwise motion but that definitely makes sense particularly the style that you do for your cleansings Right, yeah, and I'm not trying to revert anything back. Um, mm-hmm. I used to do the counterclockwise, exactly like you said, reverting back to it. Um, but I found that, and it could have just been the way I do it, um, that it just didn't seem to stick. Okay. Like, it would last for a while, but then as the seasons would change and we'd hit into stuff, some of the stuff that, um, you know, like... The, the full moons or mm-hmm. the the different types of astrological things that enhances the activity yeah it would um, seem to start springing itself back up mm. so okay. rather than trying to go back I just would push forward okay which definitely makes sense I know and what the way that we do the cleansings and everything when we do it counterclockwise it it always works. But, you know, there's always that case or two where you have to go visit him or time or two or three or four to make sure, you know, everything's good to go and copacetic. You know, it's it's not easy doing this kind of stuff, especially no. <laughs> when you get one particular entity that is, you know, their their life goal is to torment this person. They will do everything they possibly can to, to get back in there to torment that person. And sometimes, you know one and done is not the case you have to go back a second third or fourth time you know to concrete exactly what you're doing there and everything and that's you know we've gone to the uh to the extent of actually getting you know steel caps that you use for plumbing and pack those with certain herbs and then encasing it with uh 
with a candle wax and burying that in in the four corners of the property and then burying you know a silver cross right in the middle to concrete that and you know th those are the some of the things that we have to do to uh, properly cleanse the location to get rid of those uh, nefarious and malicious entities which you know every team is different I've talked to some teams that only just do the religious part and there's other teams that don't even do cleansings at all right. so I mean each team is different but I find it very intriguing the way that you guys do it so thank you for telling us about that sure well and I got a quick question for you when you guys mm -hmm. do your cleansings do you do it as a team so like everybody's participating or do you like go in on your own depends so if we are doing a investigation and a cleansing then the whole team is involved but if we're getting called to do a uh, cleansing or pull an attachment off of someone usually it's myself uh, Diana or someone else that I can call on to to come and assist I we never do cleansings alone uh, most of the time anyway usually for some of our older clients like we talked about earlier in, in this episode where you know the client called and was like I got something going on it has something to do with this item I'll go run over there real quick and verify things and then I'll take the item out of the house that's not a problem but mm -hmm. usually if it's a brand new client we never go alone we usually have another person or two people going with at, at that time okay yeah because usually when we do it we don't have the team it's usually me one other person and the client because um, I always want the client there because I want them to be there because it's their home and they need mm -hmm. to be the ones to stand up and say hey this is stopping you're not going to do this in my house anymore yeah um, the other thing I give you guys props for is I don't do um, anything real demonic mm -hmm. because I don't feel I'm strong enough yeah. So, because I mean, I'll go and do a cleansing at a house, and I just will be shot for a day, a day and a half, just, just done, like just yeah. spent, like mm -hmm. I ran for days, and I just, I know that I can't do that, anything stronger than that, because yeah. I just, I'm not comfortable with myself having the ability to be strong enough to fight that, and I don't feel that. Um, I can I can battle that. I will do everything I can. I'll be there to help them if they needed to stake that to the next level, but I cannot lead it myself. Um, yeah. But the other thing, like you were mentioning, you know, there's some teams that don't do them. And by mm -hmm. all means, if you are not comfortable with it, do not attempt it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Agreed. PSA announcement, do not attempt it if you do not feel 100% comfortable with it, because you have to be in that mindset that you know, I can do this, and it mm -hmm. is leaving. Yeah. Because if you're not, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, when we we first started doing cleansings, you know, I was a novice at it. I My eyes got opened up real wide when I met Diana when it came to cleansings. She um, she provided me all of the the documentations of every single herb that we can use for cleansings, uh, different ways to make uh, cleansing sprays and everything like that. And she's taught me the ropes, you know, from her mentor that taught her. You know what I mean? So when we first started doing cleansings, it was like it was literally only black salt, regular salt, Palo Santo, and white sage. And then, obviously, I had my religious artifacts, my rosary, my crucifix, my holy Bible, holy water, stuff like that. But 
meeting with her and uh, she took me under her wing and she uh, showed me the proper ways of actually doing cleansings and my mind was blown and it opened up so many avenues for me and my team to do cleansings and and since then I mean it comes in waves we'll have a lot of cleansings and then we don't have a lot of cleansings but when it comes to like the investigation part like in our because we we uh, do everything by the book you know legally anyway and so when we have them sign the forms to allow us to investigate the location I give them that option on the form if they want us to cleanse the location or not nine times out of ten they do so that's when I involve the entire team and usually I'll have one person like go throw a pinch of salt in any water source that's in the house and I have someone spraying you know uh, salt spray counterclockwise around the doors and windows and everything and then I have someone going around and burning the OSHA root and Paul Santo and you know someone sealing the doors and you know and if we have to go outside and do stuff usually someone's doing that as well so it's usually a team effort but if it's just a, t a cleansing or an attachment pulling then it's usually myself and two other people sure now David did you have any questions for Brandon um, yeah. Um, well, I liked the fact that uh, when you brought up how you did your cleansing, that you did, uh, you have like multiple things that you do uh, when you start out with the basis of using uh, earth-based stuff like your Wiccan style. And I found it interesting that you said you invited, you said all gods in, in your thing. So you're inviting anything uh, that's like godly of whatever religion that people may believe in and then you go to your christianity do you do you decide kind of when you go to a specific client based on what they believe in it depends on what you use to cleanse or do you just tell them hey this is what i'm using whether you believe in it or not do you find conflicts with that at any point like what what determines what you use or is it always the same use every time so basically the way i do it is i leave it I leave it a lot up to the clients. So if they have a base religion that they they tend to use, then I try to go with that. Um, ideally, I try to get, I find out what religion they study and I find out who are the, I look into the religion and I find out who are the big warriors of their religion. Like who's the big protectors who watches out for people those are the people that I invite to come with us to help um, you know I also use a lot of different like uh, types of Wiccan gods like the 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 or not the Queens the goddesses I ask them to come in and help with that um, and then outside of that if they have any family that is passed on that they feel a special connection to, we'll invite them to come and help us as well. Okay. Because I feel that one of the best protections you can have for your family is to have your family protecting you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It, um... So I'm assuming you believe more like uh, in spirit guides as well, right? Oh yeah. So you would probably try to use uh, all the spirit guides uh, in that sense to help. Um, do you find that? Uh, 
because you said you've been doing it for a long time. Do you have any type of, uh, I would say, innate abilities or gifts that you have from the beginning? Or have you noticed any type of uh, growth in potential abilities as you've progressed throughout your career in doing this? So I have absolutely no abilities whatsoever other than I know how to drive the car to get to where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I'll be the very first one to tell you that. I'm not sensitive. I can't see spirits. I can't communicate with spirits. Um, I don't have aura sighting where I see the colors coming off of people or anything like that. I literally come in there as a former police officer and go, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Let's fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a very, um, I, what's, what's the term I'm looking for? A very... Um, Skeptical side of things? Yeah. And I mean, when you're in the field for a long time, it's hard to remain skeptic. Yeah. Right. Because you sit there and you say, I know they ain't real. I know this isn't going to happen. I know this won't happen. I know they can't do this. And then that stuff happens. And you have that epiphany moment where you're just kind of like, okay, um, no, 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 no. This can't happen. (laughs) I swear Mm -hmm. this can't happen. Mm -hmm. And as it continues to happen over time, it's really hard to keep that that edge on it. Um, The only thing I've really noticed is um, I've become a lot more sensitive to when the the room charges. You know, when you start to feel the, the electromagnetic, like, surge almost before something happens. So yeah, you, feeling... you, you get an energy shift and, like, your arm, you know, you start telling that something, something just entered this room. You get that type of feeling yep. based off of your energy feelings. So you get yep. the chicken skin and the whole nine yards then. Yes, yep, I get, the, I get the chicken skin like crazy. And actually, it just, it was really bad, um, just not this last weekend, but the weekend before, we were down at the Ferrar Elementary in Iowa, and, um... We were upstairs on the top floor where a lot of the activity takes place, and mm-hmm. we were we were doing a, a ethics method session in the principal's office up there, and I had stepped into one of the side rooms and got a really strong charge in that room, and then everything started going just absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I would definitely say you have some abilities because anybody that wouldn't be able to 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 feel that wouldn't feel that at all. So you do feel that you that an energy, a presence, something has entered a room, causing the reaction, uh, a natural reaction from your body. So I would say you probably have a skosh of abilities, but not on the terms of seeing ghosts, talking to, to spirits, you know, seeing auras right. and stuff like that. Right. I am. Uh... And this is only, I've really only started noticing this probably in the last five years. Um, but outside of that, I could walk through a building and the only time I'd get a goosebump is if it was, you know, extremely cold. Well, and like I've always told everybody up until about two or three years ago, I was as sensitive as a brick, literally. <laughs> and it took that one particular person to see that I do have gifts. I just need to open up and allow the gifts to flow, and that's what ended up happening to me. Because I do, if I remember correctly, I told you that I wasn't sensitive when we did that episode, 
And since then, a lot has happened since we last talked. So I looked it up while we were talking. Your episode was back in September of 2020. Okay. So that was about <laughs> So that was about around the time when Diana started taking me under her under her wing and and started teaching me everything and started building my abilities. So about route the about around that time was when I was still thinking I didn't really have abilities, but it was shortly after that my world got rocked literally. Well, and I always tell people that they everyone has uh, potential to have abilities it's whether or not you want to focus on it and open up and grow it like once you start getting into it and I think everyone has the chance to potentially build up to it I just think certain people aren't ready for it yet and it takes a long time and then you eventually start getting more and more gradually opened up to you the more you do it well, and seeing like in your case, Brandon, you've been doing this stuff for 14, 16 years, and it wasn't until about five years ago you started noticing these little nuances every time you walk into, you know, a room or something, or you're in a room and a spirit enters that room. You know, that, that could be the progression that you needed at that time, but some maybe your progression is a lot slower than other people. Well, my progression is slower because I don't want it. I, I like not having abilities. I yeah. like coming in as the complete stoic, deadpan, um, normal, quote-unquote, person. Which, um, which is completely acceptable. I mean, I know people that only stick to the scientific side of things when it comes to investigations. And then there's the other people that rather stick with the metaphysical side of things, you know. And, and then there's the people in between. So it, it really is it's up to the individual itself. Yeah, I like to know. I, I like what I have. Let's put it that way, because I'm the type of person that wants to know if something's going to happen before it happens. Because it's just I, you know, I'm the I'm the type of person that sits facing a doorway in a room because I have to know what's going on, and I'm always constantly scanning and watching people. Just because that's how we're trained on the police department. Yeah. When I when I was a cop, you have to be always watching, and that's mm -hmm. my mindset. When I go into these places, you know, I have to be always watching. Well, how are you going to watch something that you can't see? Mm -hmm. Well, you can feel it. So yeah. what I got is perfect. I don't want anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't it, want to be it, able to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, sometimes it can get annoying to me myself personally. It can get kind of annoying when. You know, you want to go and go thrift store shopping and you want to go pick up some awesome things that you could decorate your house or, or find something that you can utilize in your house and everything. And it gets kind of annoying when you try to go over to the electronic section, but you're getting pulled over to where the freaking dolls are because there's a doll over there that has an attachment. But I want to go look at the electronics, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. It can get annoying. So I, I completely I completely sympathize with that, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Now, David, did you have another question for him? Um, how 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 familiar are you with uh, with Utah? Have you ever been to Utah? Oh, well, outside of the Utah Basin, um, I know little bits here and there. But I mean, I know I've done research into some of like the Utes and the Navajo stuff for Skinwalker episodes that we've covered. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, outside of that, no, not really. I, I've always been an Iowa boy. Um, the exception being, um, I, all the time I spent out in Montana, um, 
because that's where I spent my summers was on our horse ranch out in Montana. Ooh, the big um, sky country. Yep, we were right on the north entrance to Yellowstone. Um, but yeah, so I mean, other than that, that's that's about as as west as I know, other than you know swinging into Idaho when we're going through uh, Yellowstone. <laughs> right, because I'm just more curious because where you're at is obviously on the opposite end of where we're at. I'm just curious if uh, on on this side, what are some of the differences? than what you guys deal with down there that could be uh, relatable. So we do not deal, we don't get a lot of possessions. Um, We don't get very much uh, anything demonic. It's usually if you got something negative in your house, it's a pissy pissy ghost that um, doesn't, you know, it's the old man get off my lawn type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's a little more chill i mean obviously we have bad things happen you know valeska x murder house um you know stuff like that but it's at least from what i've seen with the teams that i've been with because i i one of the perks that i've taken with this with this podcast is when i was still on a job traveling i would meet up with teams anywhere i traveled to and do investigations mm-hmm. with them because i mean what better way to have a show called para unity mm-hmm. than to actually promote it when you're out and about and actually you know show that unity with all the different teams yeah so i mean i've gotten a chance to go into some pretty cool places um traveling around but i usually out here it's pretty chill i mean you're you're basically dealing with either native spirits because you know we have the Meskwaki, the Kiowa Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that here or you have like people that were pioneers or farmers that want to protect the land that they had you know that's Mm -hmm. what they raised their family off of and they don't want to give that up exceptions Mm -hmm. being you know the the odd and end murders um, or other random things like you know like Farrar is a great example you wouldn't expect a schoolhouse to be haunted mm-hmm. and that's it's literally in the middle of nowhere like you have to it's it's off the highway it's off the interstate you got to drive a little ways out the town that it's connected to is super tiny um, you just wouldn't expect it but then as you dig into the history there's two unsolved murders within a mile of the school hmm but the spirits in the school aren't necessarily those murders. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. We got a lot of what sounded like child responses with with all the stuff we were doing there. Um, we got a few adults. Um, I, I had a very good interaction with a, our uh, tr- EMF tripwire with the principal, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming was the principal, um, that... Uh, we may have found some information out about him that I'm not going to disclose because I want to try and verify it first before we say anything because if it is true it's kind of it's kind of a big deal yeah um, so I don't really want to say anything until we have a chance to verify um, understood especially because it, it deals with like the person's character when they're alive and stuff like mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. um but I mean, you wouldn't expect that type of stuff mm-hmm. in, in out in the middle of nowhere in a schoolhouse. Well, and I feel like that is kind of relatable because it was like I would say what three, four years ago, David, when we investigated the Garland City Library, and the Garland City Library is like 
in a small little town outside of Tremont, Utah, which is in the middle of nowhere in northern Utah. And really, we were mainly communicating with child spirits, some adult spirits. I mean, there wasn't really anything nefarious there. It was actually quite a fun investigation, to be honest with you. Yeah, and those are the ones that I like. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm all about going in and helping families. But it's nice to be able to go into some that are just chill. You know what I mean? You get Mm -hmm. great interactions. Like, there was one I did down in Phoenix, or outside of Phoenix. It was Superior, Arizona, with a a team down based out of Phoenix. That it was a school that the city turned into, like, kind of like a community building. And um, we were getting great child responses. We were using an infrared thermal crosshair. And a K2 meter, and we were playing hide-and-seek with the kids in one of the rooms. Nice. And we were, um, then when we were asking questions about, you know, we were trying to, we're in a school, so let's ask basic children questions and see what we get for responses. And we got a very perfect EMF of a child response to what's your favorite animal. It says quack, quack, quack. Hmm. Have you had any success with using, uh, like, cat toys or children's toys whenever you're on an investigation? Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay. Um, Those cat balls are unreal. So, um, we just started using them not too long ago. Mm -hmm. We actually used them in the school a couple weekends ago. Okay. And we had them set up around the room, um, and we had asked them if they were in the room to if they could light one up and they lit one up and it was of course me being the, the dumb one I was sitting in the uh, the teacher's chair mm-hmm. and so I had to light up the one directly behind me first mm-hmm. to, to you know properly scare you exactly um, and then uh, we said well can you light up another one since you've already figured out this one works and that one kept flashing and you know those cat balls they shut off on their own yep and it just kept going for probably close to five minutes. Wow. And that one went going, and then the next one beside it started to go. Mm. And then the next one beside that one started to go, and it ended up going all the way around the room. Okay. Yeah, because I actually bought uh, the, the three-pack off of Amazon, and we've used it on a handful of investigations, and so far we've only had one of them go off and one in Montpelier on a residential investigation. We haven't been able to get it to go off. I did acquire another light-up ball to use for our trigger objects. But do you guys use, like, uh, like the Boo Buddy or Boo Buddy Jr. or some of the the off-brand ones that some of the other teams have created? Like, we have a unicorn REM bear that works just like a, a REM pod, only it's a cute, cuddly little unicorn. Do you guys use, like, anything like that? We have a Boo Dog. So, um, it's a dog with the EMF sensor in it. Okay. Um, or essentially a K2 in it. Um, hmm. I haven't used it yet. I know the team's used it on a few of them that I haven't been on. It sounds like it's worked pretty good. Um, I've used, I, well, I take that back. I guess I used a Boo Bear when I was down in Arizona. We used okay. it down there. We didn't get a whole lot of responses with it. Um, but we were also kind of in a room that I don't think there was much activity to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just kind of hit or miss. I mean, it's it's hard with the in- instruments. I'm a REM pod, for example. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've had a REM pod on every single investigation I've ever been on. The first time I've ever seen one go off in person, 
was last year. Okay. So I've just they've I've never got them to work. They just they don't for well, me. See, and I always I always thought they were the biggest pile of junk until it actually worked, and then it was amazing. Yeah, and we I have the I have the REM pod with the temperature sensor on it as well. I also got the millimeter yep. with the REM pod functionality to it, and then I also have a off brand uh, that you can get off of Ghost Hunters equipment, um, the Paraface or something like that, Paraforce or oh, sure. one of those. Yeah. Um, and you know it's hit and miss with those. It's hit and miss with all with any of our equipment. I know David's got a fourteen hundred dollar SLS camera, and that one can be hit and miss as well. So it doesn't matter if it's like a twenty five dollar piece of equipment or a fourteen hundred dollar piece of equipment. It just it, it depends on the location and if the spirits actually want to communicate. You know. Yep, exactly. And SLS cameras, they're super cool. I have one. Um, however. I just, I don't like to use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so easy to get a bad reading mm-hmm. off an SLS camera because it will stick figure anything. Yeah. I mean, the first time, first time I opened it up and put it together and tried it out, it scared the crap out of me because it put a stick figure on the lamp in my living room. Mm. Okay. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. I, th- there's no way that there's a spirit in here right now. Yeah. And it only did it on the lamp. And so it's like, okay, it's just a lamp. But, you know, if somebody's not thinking about it and the first time they open it up and mess with it is at an investigation, they're going to be like, holy crap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The one, did you... the only one. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what were you going to say? Oh, well, the only time I've ever gotten a, there's been two investigations that I 100% trust the SLS um, response that we got. One was in an old theater where there was a stick figure that appeared next to, not on, but next to a one of those old theater lights. You know, those big monster like cannons on tripods. Mm-hmm. It appeared next to it and the, the body didn't move, but the arms did like it was reaching up, like it was messing with the fixtures on it or the mm-hmm. settings on it. Mm-hmm. And then they would move like it was trying to move the camera. Or the move okay. the light. I counted that as legit, and we actually got it. We got it in the same theater twice. Okay. Um, right around the same time, both nights. Okay. That we were there, so I would definitely, you know, say, "Hey, I feel comfortable saying this is some kind of residual that's showing up here." Yeah. Um, the other time that I got it, we were investigating this old church turned uh, home. And they had a Pioneer Cemetery out back from the church. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the property, so luckily enough, we got to be able to go out and into it. Mm. And we, and obviously, we we're getting SLS hits on every tombstone because they're the old, white, tall tombstones. Mm-hmm. So it was stick figuring all of them. So we're like, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, we expect this. Well, one of them dropped down off of the tombstone and walked across the screen. Mm hmm. And it's like, okay, <laughs> hmm. that wasn't the tombstone. <laughs> That's awesome. So with your SLS that you have, was it the one that you got from Bill Chapel, or was it one of those ones that you build by yourself where you paid another group to build you one and send you one? It was a Bill Chapel one. Okay. 
because I actually uh, the first SLS that we my group officially had was uh, a homemade one that I did where I got a laptop and I and I found a first generation Connect. Uh, uh, and connected mm-hmm. it to the laptop and used the uh, programs that I found to be able to use it as an SLS. And that seemed to work, uh, but it was, you know, bulky and cumbersome. And then right. David bought the uh, bought the, Joe Pe- the, uh, the Chapel version of the SLS, which was around $1,200, $1,400 or whatever. And I think he's, David, you've had it for like, what, five years now? Four years? Yeah, I've had it for at least four yeah um but yeah it's sls is one of those things that you just kind of have to know what it is and isn't like you can tell when you're using it that when something pops up that's just mapping out an object but you can definitely tell when it's something abnormal that something is mapping that Mm -hmm. it's moving erratically and not even if you're stationary it's moving because normally if you like start mapping on something that's like a door or chair for instance and you start moving the thing in your stationary, it'll kind of move with it. And yep. even if you're stationary, it'll stay the same shape. But if it's something else, it'll start doing random stuff even if you are moving. And it'll be like either smaller than what you would normally see or it'll be up in a corner doing something random. You can definitely yep. kind of tell. And then you can start using it with other pieces of equipment to verify that it is something that you're mapping. So it just takes something that it's not everything you see is 100%. You have to give and take with it is the trick with right. the SLS. Mm. And, and you, you hit a very valid point. I mean, if you can use other equipment as well to verify it, it all the better. Um, I just, our SLS camera, it, it worked great for quite a while. Um, I used it on a home investigation that I had a lot of problems with. Mm. Um, it was one that a cleansing didn't go right and uh, somebody supposedly found a portal in the house um, and tried to remove it, which didn't seem to work. Mm-hmm. Now, digging into the history of this, there's it's it's if you believe in ley lines or the study of ley lines, this house where it sits, the property it sits on, is essentially a international bus stop. Mm-hmm. If you follow ley lines, and mm-hmm. like tons of them cross right across the property, it sits in just the right spot. So. They get a lot of hitchhikers coming through, um, paranormally speaking, mm-hmm. and um, and we were having a, just a heck of a time that night in that house. It was very, very much didn't like me, and it was being very aggressive to me. And I had my, I what I tend to do with my SLS camera if I have no place in the house that's pretty active, I'll set it up and set it to screen record, and I'll I'll just leave it and just let it do its thing if stuff pops up great if it doesn't it doesn't you know what i mean mm-hmm. i almost use it like a motion camera sometimes but i okay. had it set up like that and whatever was up there fried it like huh. i got up scares an hour later the can the batteries were dead on both the power pack for the camera the tablet that was attached to it for the kit for the screen was shot mm-hmm. and i had to replace the batteries for both of them in order to get it even to turn on and it had absolutely no files left on it and it wiped it clean oh wow okay so do you believe in portals and vortexes i don't know (laughs) to be perfectly (laughs) honest i don't know it's i think it's possible i mean if anybody's actually into science and 
you know, read into anything Einstein has studied. I think it's very, very, very possible. I do believe that there are multiple dimensions and things can interact and intertwine between them. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to go like Marvel Universe type (laughs) timeline stuff. Yeah. But, um, or Stranger Things. I mean, I (laughs) think, right, exactly. Um, but I mean, I think, I think it's possible. Do I think that they magically appear in somebody's house? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, do I think people have created tools that can create them? No. (laughs) You know, these, these investigators that say that they created a portal device that'll open a portal in a room to be able to communicate. No, no, I doubt that because if you can create a portal with two double a batteries, a Snickers bar and something else. And the mm-hmm. people out in at CERN in in um, in Europe can't create it in their huge, you know, Hollanden chamber. Mm-hmm. Or excuse, I, I butchered the name of that. Holy cow! Um, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, if they can't do it there, how are you going to do it with you know two AA batteries and a Snickers bar? No. Um, and, and I understand that. I know with our experience, uh, when it comes to portals, um, in fact. I don't know if you've heard the episode where we talked about Hobbs Hollow, but the last time we went to Hobbs Hollow, we were literally standing there watching these dumb kids trying to conjure something up right there at Hobbs Hollow. And when when we walked over there, and I put my pendulum over it. Now, and I, I'm I'm a huge stickler with pendulums. Like I've seen other people use pendulums, and you can clearly see that their hand is moving and everything like that. So I try to be pure with that kind of stuff, and I usually try to make sure that my hand is completely steady and I have other people verify that my hands are steady. And usually when we come across a portal that was either opened up by a human or anything nefarious or demonic, usually my pendulum will spin counterclockwise. And so when we found that out we quickly closed it because that could open up to to very nefarious things coming into this uh, into this field you know but when we've run across uh, natural vortexes i've noticed that my pendulum actually spins in a clockwise motion when it comes to an actual vortex now i don't know if you've ever used stones or pendulums or anything like that i feel that using a pendulum is a good way to give a visual representation of what a portal or a vortex would do or we tend to use it with spirits that don't want to play with the equipment but will play with a pendulum as well sure and actually, I'll one-up beyond that, Shane, as uh, what we do, or what I've seen teams do. I, I don't actually use a pendulum, but um, they built a almost like a tripod that the string for the pendulum attaches to, and it hangs down, so they don't even touch it. Okay. It, it just hangs there on its own and does whatever it's going to do. Oh, okay. Because I've actually had an idea of uh, building a, a little uh, little gadget where it holds the pendulum, but it's made out of pure copper wire, you know, the hard copper wire. So I was thinking about doing that and using copper because copper is a natural conductor when it comes to the paranormal field. So I was thinking about using that, but that's actually a good idea. I might have to try that out. Sure. One thing I will say, and I don't know, I don't remember if it was you that I saw it on your Facebook page or who it was, but someone created an SLS camera that connects to your phone. Like it's a little handheld SLS camera that has a little camera and then you use your phone as a screen. 
I don't believe it was us, but I have seen that used by other teams, and I've seen it referenced on Facebook a few times. I want one. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you can figure out who it was, yeah, t- send me a message because I want to contact them because I want one of those badly. Yeah, definitely. My my biggest thing is, and and I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't like using my phones for. Uh, paranormal investigations like I will only use my phone if I have to wirelessly connect to one of my SJ cameras or if we're using like the uh, puck 2 or anything like that but when it comes to like apps and everything like that unless it's like your very basic digit recorder on your phone I don't like using phones because you know most of those apps are for entertainment purposes only that's why we never use them because we feel we've, we've found in the past you know comparing what people have got evidence-wise from their phone versus using like an Oculus 5 or anything like that. It doesn't coincide at all. And in fact, we our Oculus 5 has been right on point with the research that we've done on several different locations and the evidence that we received from it. But what are your thoughts on these uh, applications on phones that people can use for investigating? So we use the Spiritus one, the Spiritus app. We don't use it all the time but we use it in correlation. So we did okay. a spirit box session one time where um, we actually use it on airplane mode so that way we're not sending out signals from our phone. Which is um, smart. We were, we were in a house, um, it was an old Victorian mansion that actually closed down where you can't get into it anymore because a private person bought it. Mm. Um, but they, they were one of the founders of a small city over here. Um, we were in the mansion and and we were doing a a spirit box session in the in the formal sitting room Mm -hmm. um we had the ovulus 5b going we had the spiritus app going and we had the spirit box going Mm -hmm. and we were getting correlations across all three okay so it was like almost like it was making full sentences using all three devices okay um and then um if i remember right i can't remember exactly what it said but it was something about it said something about okay here I come and so like and it, it, it said that broken up across all three devices right after that you could hear f- like the sound of like old like male foot shoes mm-hmm. like the dress shoes you could hear them walking across the wooden floors and then the REM pod started to go off okay. in the hallway hmm. so I mean I don't put a whole lot of faith into an app because apps are made for entertainment mm-hmm. um However, if you use them like before, like we were talking about, where you, in correlation with other devices, mm-hmm. then, then yeah, I mean, no no piece of equipment is correct. It's not 100%. They haven't yeah. made the thing that goes off that has a little arrow on it and says there's a ghost over in that corner and you follow the arrow to get to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you scan it with your camera and it says what type of spirit it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, so until then, we got to keep trying everything that's out there until we figure out what works awesome uh david did you have any uh last questions for brandon uh i do not well i think we should wrap up the episode because if we keep on going this it would be like a two or three hour episode because there's a ton (laughs) of questions that i could ask you but we're running out of time here but um final question for you though where can people find you oh jeepers um Honestly, the best way to get a hold of me is through the podcast. I tend to keep my 
podcast life and my private life separated. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if you're a guest on the show, you get make it into my little inner circle on my yeah. personal one. But um, yeah. outside of that, I go to the Para Unity podcast to get a hold of me. Um, you can find us on um, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We're on YouTube. The best way to message me is to either do Facebook or Instagram. It's just simply at Parainity Podcast, mm-hmm. and it's exactly spelled exactly how you think: P A R A U N I T Y. So um, you can find us there. We do have a website. That spelling it all out is too hard. You can find the link to it on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find the podcast literally everywhere. It's on every. Uh, streaming platform that's out there mm-hmm. it's alexa enabled so you can literally tell alexa to play the Perry unity podcast and she will mm-hmm. um but yeah so i mean it's everywhere and then if you want to get a hold of our team and see some of our evidence that we've had from places we've investigated that's uh transcendent paranormal society it's based out of dubuque iowa um but that's where we post all of our evidence for the locations that were able, that give us the approval to post um, any evidence that we received. Mm-hmm. We've got really cool videos of like doors opening and closing on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, we have video footage of what's believed to be a fairy or an elemental that we caught in a place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that's out there that that we have that we've kind of come across. Um, I've this our team here is actually a fairly newer team mm-hmm. um they've they've been around for god what five six years i believe now but mm-hmm. everybody on the team is absolutely amazing they're they are brilliant minded and they're very open to trying new things and figuring out how they can help people and so okay. that's why i decided to team up with them because you're not going to find a, a greater group of people yeah and we will uh, post up links in the description of this podcast, and we will also post up links in the group page, which if you are not a part of, I definitely recommend it because every episode that comes out, we post up pictures, articles, everything in that nature uh, after every single episode. So if you, if you don't know about this group page, if you go to the BRP Podcast Facebook page, click on Community, and you will see that we do have a group page uh, asked to be let in. You will have to answer some simple questions, which we've had to deny some people in the past because they're not answering the questions. And I feel bad that we don't let you in. But if you can't answer some simple questions, I don't know if you're going to be able to follow the group rules. So please make sure you answer those questions so that way you can be let into this group and then you'll see everything. Like the previous episode... Uh, which was our bonus episode, I have like anywhere between 10 to 12 scheduled posts to go into that group about all the stuff that we talked about in that episode. And it was a hefty two hours plus episode that David and I just sat down and we, you know, we talked about updates and everything. So just make sure you go do that. But uh, I will definitely grab the links from you in a little bit, Brandon, so that way I can share it with everybody. And I do have a favor to ask you. Can you send me some good examples of some of the evidence that you guys have captured and we will post it up in the group page for everybody to see um and then we will go from there if you can definitely do that i will gladly appreciate it 
Yeah, so what I'll do is, uh, Shane, I'll send you the link to our evidence page on the website, and then you can just go right on there, because you can actually, I believe you can actually download it off our website. Okay, good to know. Well, and if, uh, David, you don't have any more questions or final words on this episode? No. All right. Well, I want to personally thank you again, Brandon, for accepting my invite and being on this episode. I definitely want to have you on again because there's so much that we can talk about. You know, it's when you're around the same group of people in the paranormal field and in a certain area, you tend to you know how they investigate and everything. What I find uber and fascinating is talking to people across the country and learning how they investigate, how they do cleansings, and some of the evidence that they've captured. It's been super fascinating. Like, I feel like this last hour and 20 minutes has, like, flew by. Because <laughs> I just, I'm so fascinated by some of the stuff that you've experienced. Yep, and that's exactly what we do with our show, too, is a lot of the episodes we do are just talking to other teams from around the country. Um, and we've actually been getting some international late, um in the past as well nice. so we're able to hear how people in you know ireland and england and stuff in australia and stuff like that how they do investigations mm-hmm. and how much they differ like you know how they use table tipping and stuff like that in in uh, the uk for a lot of their investigations okay that's interesting table tipping i might have to look into that because i've never heard of that before yeah it's kind of like almost like a seance type thing it's really cool mm, okay Well, we thank you again for coming on this episode, and we hope our fans and followers thoroughly enjoy this episode, because I know we did. But we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Monday. See ya. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.